Welcome to the River Bluff Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon from Lead Pastor Joe Still. And for more information about us, please visit riverbluff.org. Glad you're here today, and I want to welcome each and every one of you and uh, give a special welcome to anyone who may be visiting with us for the first time. Uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, I told somebody earlier today, um, I'm also glad for those who have come back a second time. That's very encouraging, just so you know. Um, so we're glad you're here if you're here for the second or third time. We're just glad everyone's here, especially grateful for our fathers who are in the house today. And I want to continue to thank God for you. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to celebrate you um, in, in ways. And one of the ways that I was thinking about, how, do, how can I really honor dads today? You know, what, what, what might I do to, to just encourage dads? Because, you know, in our world, in our culture today, dads just get such a bad rap. And I wanted us to experience today the brotherhood of fatherhood. And so I made the decision, dads, that I was going to stand in the gap for you. And I was going to defend your right to tell lame father jokes. That's what I was going to do today. I'm going to, I know you receive unflattering eye rolls for it. You get scorned and ridiculed for it. But it is the absolute right of every dad to tell lame dad jokes. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a bullet for you right now. Okay? Just want to share a couple of these with you right now. So what do you call a pony with a sore throat? A little horse. Ding, 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 ding. Very good. What did the ocean say to the beach? Y'all were in the first service. <laughs> They've heard these before. Yeah, the, the, it, it, the ocean just didn't say anything. It just, it just waved. Okay, this front row can't answer anymore. Why did the little girl not trust that section of trees. She thought they were shady. Why did the skeleton not climb the mountain? He had no guts. That was it. That was it. Okay, this is the last one, I promise. Last one, I promise. How does a taco... Say grace. Let us pray. <laughs> you know, he was the most fun, wasn't he? Thank Nick Benjamin. Yeah, just thank Nick. Just wanted to have a little fun with that the, the, today. And um, I, I know some of you are thinking, you know, it's probably time to get to the Bible, isn't it, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to do that. Matthew chapter 1, grab your Bibles if you would. Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at a story that we normally say for December, but we're going to address it today uh, in June. We're going to look at the life of a very interesting dad. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, I'm reading at NIV today. It says this, starting in verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but... 
before they came together, she was found to be with child. <clears throat> Excuse me. Found to be with child by the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Now, today, I hope that, uh, ladies, I'm going to have to ask you to do something special. I'm going to have to ask you to translate some of what I share today into your own vernacular. But I'm going to speak today in the context what I'll call of of masculinity, if you would. And I have a pretty singular mission in mind today. I want to encourage men. I I want to encourage dads. I want you to leave here here feeling encouraged. I've had some conversations in, 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 in a recent season with, with different men, and one of the greatest discouragers that men kind of battle with, I think one of the biggest threats to men being both good dads and, and good men, is this narrative in our culture that you're insignificant. It's just infected our culture. The culture kind of screams this message at, at, at men and dads that you don't matter. We, we don't need you. We can do without you. Your presence is no contribution. It's just meaningless or ineffective. And friends, I can assure you from the word of God, that's a lie from hell. It's just a lie from the pits of hell. Men, you matter. You, you, you matter. Dad, your voice is unique, and it is, it's absolutely necessary in our homes, in, in our churches, in this church, in our neighborhoods, in, in our city, your voice matters. So don't let this culture destroy that in you. And I, I want to encourage you today to lean into fatherhood, lean into masculinity. I want to encourage you to step into mentoring relationships in young men's lives because, you know, young boys look to, to older men. I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, you know, e- even if they're not biologically related to you. Dad, you're a big deal in the sight of God, and we need you. We need one another. Our sons and daughters need, need you. Our, your, your nieces and nephews, they, they need your voice in their lives. Students in classrooms need you. The kid in the neighborhood, around the block, that single parent home mom, that, that child there needs a voice, maybe your voice. Because your presence matters. And I I hope and pray you feel that today as we walk through this. I pray that you feel called up, if you would. Kind of caught up in the calling that Paul talked about in Philippians 3. Because men, I believe this, is part of that upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. That you live the masculine life that God has given to you. It's unique. And part of that call is to be true 
to the way God made you as, as a man. And I pray you feel encouraged in that this morning. You matter. And so in the vein of that kind of mindset and, and thinking, I want us to look at someone, a man's life that we just read about, who is often kind of overshadowed by the mother in the story, by, by Mary, and it's, it's Mary's baby's daddy, Joseph, that I want us to think about because he's an incredible man, though often overshadowed and maybe not seeming as significant. It's interesting to me that, you know, we read this 2,000-year-old historic, you know, account of Jesus' birth. And the New Testament, interestingly, in chapter 1, launches with this drama around masculinity, around a, a, a dad, around a man. It starts with Joseph, who would be the earthly dad to Jesus. And I want us to be real for a moment, just be kind of vulnerable and really step into the story. Contextually, uh, Joseph is engaged to uh, this young woman named named Mary, which in that day meant they were legally married. And to end the engagement literally would require them to go through a formal divorce. And Mary gets pregnant, and Joseph knows this child is not his, and Mary comes and says, "Mm, got some good news, got some bad news. Good news is I'm pregnant, bad news is you're not the father. And oh, by the way, the father is the spirit of the living God that we worship. Now, I love Joseph's reaction because it's real. That's one of the things I love about the Bible. It's just, it, 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 it doesn't sugarcoat the hard stuff. Look what happened in verse 19. Look what's going on in Joseph's, Joseph's life. It tells us that Joseph was a righteous man. Some translations say he's, he's an honorable man, which meant he, he righteously, in a right way, tried to keep the Word of God. And so he... He made his mind up when he found out that Mary was pregnant. He was going to still treat her with grace. He did not want to disgrace her. He determined that he would divorce her in a quiet way. Now, in other words, basically what he had said, you know, he, he, the, the relationship in his mind was done. It was over. Now it was just a matter of trying to figure out how we're going to end this. And it, it tells us that he's not just going to turn her out um, to the legalistic leaders of that day who, you know, were kind of wretched and uh, lacked grace. He was just going to quietly slip her some papers and exit out the back door. That was Joseph's exit strategy for this moment. He was out of there. He was gone. But, but the Lord stepped in. The Lord God involved. God sends an angel to visit Joseph and bring the word of God to Joseph. And we read about that in, in verse 20. And the angel speaking on behalf of God basically comes and says, hey, Joseph, listen, man. No, this wasn't the way you planned this. No, this isn't something you wanted. But this is of the Lord. The Holy Spirit of the living God is doing something here. So, Joseph, don't fear. Don't, don't concern yourself about this. Continue to walk in the righteous way that you've been walking out of the word of God. Bring Mary into your home. Bring her into your heart because God is doing something bigger than you can even begin to imagine. You're going to raise a son and he's going to save the world. And so the first thing that I really want us to take away from this 
uh, in the story and really throughout the, the whole uh, account is the significant role, men, that God gives to us as fathers, as men. And it's really true for any man. It's really true uh, for women, too, that if we're going to live the significant lives that we long to live, we're going to have to live it out of the design and relationship that God has given us. But again, since I'm really aiming at fathers and dads today, I'm going to kind of speak in this masculine voice. And so here's what I want you to hear. A man of significance listens for and follows the voice of God. Good dads, good men, listen for and follow his voice. Ready to hear it. Especially, please go ahead all of this, especially when everything inside you is saying, walk away. That's what was happening in Joseph's life. Everything inside of him was saying, walk away. He was headed in another direction. But he listened to God. Good dads, great men, listen for and follow the voice of God. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 27, that my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Joseph, like so many of us men, he had a, he had a plan of action in mind. Put her away. How in the world could she let this happen? How in the world could she do this to me? How in the world could this be happening to me, a righteous man? Brothers, when you got all the stuff of this world going on in your lives, doubts, insecurities, fears, frustrations, anger, I'm pretty sure Joseph was ticked at Mary, you know, at the, the opening of that chapter. You know, and in that day, in that culture especially, he would have been in his cultural, earthly, worldly rights, his legal rights, to put her away. I don't know, maybe you want to write this down. Friends, you can be within your worldly rights and completely miss a kingdom call from God. You could be right in smack dab in the middle of your legal rights as an American citizen, but completely miss the call of God. Miss the greatest opportunity for that significant life that you long for. In other words, you could be all right and all wrong at the same moment. Friends, when things get tough, when we just want to react, we want to lash out at this world in frustration, in our doubts and our fears and our angers, maybe in the midst of a shattered relationship like Joseph felt like he had with, with Mary in that moment, regardless of what's going on in your job or the insecurity you're struggling with financially, all that stuff going on, turn, turn your ear to the voice of God. Listen for the voice of God. Seek the voice of God because good dads, good, good men in times of crisis, in times of confusion, they don't follow their flesh. They follow God in faith. They walk in, in faith following, listening for the voice of God. Joseph listened to God. And because Joseph listened to God, he didn't miss out on one of the greatest opportunities ever in the history of the world. And that was to be the dad who got to raise the son of God, the savior of the world. Can you imagine playing catch with Jesus? Joseph got to do that. Joseph got to cover 
Jesus in prayer. Joseph got to protect Jesus. Joseph got to be that masculine voice in Jesus' life because he listened and he followed God. Good men do that. Good dads do that. So don't miss the opportunity of a lifetime by missing the voice of God because there's no way that you're going to benefit from those opportunities for significance apart from the voice of God. The Father's the best gift that you could possibly even give yourself on this Father's Day is to give yourself to God. Give yourself to following Him. Maybe renew your commitment to follow Him because you've been missing out on opportunities when you, when you haven't been. Follow Him. Listen for Him to speak to you. Good fathers, good men, listen for and follow the voice of God. And Joseph does that. Jo- Joseph does that. And you, you can kind of tell how radically all in that Joseph is. Uh, listen to, to these words in, in Matthew 1, verses 24 and 25. It says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He just did it. It says, and he took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. He immediately, immediately put Mary in a position of honor. Now, my guess is he probably still hadn't got all the anger out yet. But he is following the command of the Lord. He's immediately beginning to honor Mary. Friends, A man of significance will always honor the mother of his children. Will always honor the mother of his children. Even if those children aren't his biologically. Jesus was not Joseph's biological child. But Joseph honors Mary. He takes her into his home. And then the Bible says he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. Now... That wasn't part of the angel's command. I think that was a decision that Joseph made. It wasn't part of the word of God. I think it was a decision that Joseph made as a way to honor God and as a way to honor Mary because a good father always honors the mother of his children. Great men honor women. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says, Husband, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. Ken, I, I just want to say this, regardless of the relational dynamic that you're in. You know, we live in a day when relationships are kind of messy in our world, and oftentimes they, they show up here in a gathering like this, and we, we want that. We desire that. We, we want people in our world to come with all their mess and, and seek the Lord in the midst of their mess. So there are always kind of family dynamics going on situations that the world has birthed. And many of those situations don't recognize that good fathers always honor the, the, the mother of their children because that honoring is not to be determined or dependent on the mother's behavior. Now, I know that sounds kind of the antithesis of what culture says. You know, we all need to get what we, we can out of something and we need to crush our opposition and all those kinds of things. But that's, even though this is anti-culture, it is 100% on mark with God that we would honor even 
a, a woman who might be dishonoring herself. See, we forget, you know, that we follow Jesus. We forget who he really is and what Jesus believes about the kind of love that, that honors. You know, Jesus said, honor your enemies by loving them. People coming after you, trying to get at you. Love them. Sometimes I, I think we have forgotten about who he is and, and what he, he wills and how, how he rolls. I think one of the things that is so easy for us to get, forget about and what we mostly forget about is how often we still, even as his followers, dishonor him in so many areas of our lives. We almost live as enemies to his will and his purposes and, and his ways in many areas of our lives, but he still loves us. And he still shows you grace, his grace poured out on you in the midst of, of that. So I guess what I want to say to fathers and men, if, if God is still giving you his grace and loving you as much as you may be currently dishonoring him, then we need to give honor even when it doesn't look like it's deserved. Now, some of you are saying, what, what does it have to do with fatherhood? Well, it has to do with this. There is no, there's no daughter, there's no son, there's no child, there's no adult child, no little girl, no adult girl who wants to see the mother who gave them birth disrespected, dishonored. So if you want to be a really great dad, always honor, always cover, always pray, always lift up. And again, I know in the brokenness of our world, you may have to do that from a distance if you're separated, if, you, if you've gone through a divorce, and that's fine. But always, always, always honor that mother of your child. Always, always honor women. Third thing that I see from our text today Matthew 125, it says, and he being uh, Joseph, and he gave him the name Jesus. Brothers, one of the biggest things about fatherhood, especially in the culture of that day, Joseph, Joseph was a carpenter. Most likely, Joseph's dad was a carpenter. That was their family trade. And the family trade was also part of the identity in their culture. One of the biggest gifts that we as fathers get to bring into the lives of our kids, the lives of our sons and daughters, we get to bring in a family identity. Bring, bring our, our sons up, bring our daughters up and give them an identity. And this is, this is just something uh, of significant gift that God has given us. A man of significance will pass along a God-given identity. We know that Jesus was a carpenter because his father, Joseph, was a carpenter. But not only that, another big dynamic that God gives to men that is significant, and that is that dads in that culture were able to pass along their names to their, their, their children uh, uh, and their sons in, in a special way. A father of a boy looked forward to naming their son after them. And I'm sure that one of Joseph's great longings was for a Joseph Jr., you know, getting to, to name his son after him. It was a, a great cultural dynamic. But then God says, no, you're going to name him Jesus. You're, you're not going to name him Joseph Jr. 
You're going to name him Jesus. You're going to do that because, Joseph, something bigger is at play here. Something bigger is at, at place than just your legacy, Joseph. There, there's this legacy that I'm building in the kingdom of God. There's, there's this legacy of salvation that's going to come through Jesus for all of creation, not just humanity, but the salvation of all of creation. Joseph, I'm building a, a, a legacy of salvation. And so Joseph, the Bible tells us, is honored to give him the name Jesus. And with that, he gave him an identity that was bigger than carpentry. You know, Jesus gets to tell, I mean, Joseph gets to tell Jesus who he is. He gets to, you know, pour into him who his identity is, that he is the Savior of the world, that there, you know, that it's interesting to me the thought that, that, that Jesus coming got to expand Joseph's family business of carpentry into kingdom business. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a major league, you know, business expansion. That's here today. One of the things that I'm praying for us is that we would see this in our roles, that one of the things that we get to do is we get to, in our own unique way, through our own voice, get to tell our kids who they are. And the truth is, dads, you will do this, whether for their good or for their harm, but you will do that. You know, we see this in Scripture over and over again, especially in the Old Testament. Dads coming, bringing their children, laying on their, their hands on them, give, giving a blessing over them, telling them who they are, speaking into them their, their identity. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, we read this, speaking to, to fathers, you must be very careful not to forget the things you've seen God do for you. Keep reminding yourselves and tell your children and your grandchildren as well. Keep pouring that identity into them. Keep, keep pouring it in. Connect them to their identity and to God and to his kingdom purposes. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Many of us are familiar with this. It says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. That, that discipline is to work towards their identity. That instruction is to instruct them in, in who they are in Christ, telling them about their great word, telling them about their value to, to, to God, modeling it for them, absolutely, but speaking it, using, using your words, telling them who they are. One of the greatest gifts that we as dads can give to our sons and our daughters is bringing them in close to our hearts and our lives and telling them who they are. Giving them an identity that is rooted in faith and, and hope in, in God. And if you're a dad here today and you have not blessed your child in that way, haven't pulled them close, look at that as one of your greatest opportunities and greatest responsibilities and one of the most significant things that you will do while you live on this planet. Lead them into identifying themselves with God through Jesus. And then let, let me say one more thing to you. If God has given you space to influence extended family members, maybe nieces or nephews, kids in the neighborhood, you use that, that significant voice. Use that, that gifting to help other young men and young women identify who they truly are in the sight of God. 
Speak, speak words, of course. Model it, of course. And dads of daughters, let me just say this to you especially. If, if you still have a daughter at home, don't you dare let some snot-nosed punk roll up in your yard and define for her what a woman is. Don't you dare do that. You do that. You take on that role. You be the first one to make her feel special, to help her know what real love is, to know, you know, you be the first one to take her on a date. You be the first one to, to, to lay out what the standard of a, how a, a woman should be treated with honor and respect. You be the first one to tell her that she is beautiful, that she has a beautiful mind and a beautiful soul and beautiful eyes and beautiful hair and that all of her, her beauty flows from the inside to the out. You give her that message before anyone else has a chance to ruin it. You want significance? Then you, you make your primary responsibility to use that voice to pass on an identity. Don't, don't accept the lie of passivity that the culture would say to you, ah, oh, the mama's going to do that. Don't, don't buy that. The, the mom will play her part. But our kids, our, our boys and our girls, they, they need your voice. They, they need that from you. You know, your voice matters. God created you so that it would. And so for the sake of, of the kingdom, for the sake of your kids, don't go silently into the night. Use your words, men, to bless. Use your words to speak God-gifting, kingdom-empowered identity into your kids. Okay, lastly, and I'm, this is, I'm still going to say this kind of contextually aiming at men, but this is really for men, women, boys, girls. It, it, it just is. A man of significance and a person of significance will always fill his heart, her heart, those heart holes that we all have, will fill them with Father God. We read earlier where the Bible says that Joseph was a righteous man. And part of what that means is Joseph looked to God to fill his deepest heart needs. Sometimes holidays, and especially a day like Father Days, can be a source of triggering for some people. It might remind some among us of a painful childhood memories. It may bring to the surface of your mind holes and gaps in, in your heart. Today might, for some, open old wounds. It might expose... Uh, what your earthly dad wasn't in some way. And so for those of us who today might bring some reminder of pain that fills our hearts, please hear me say this. Our heavenly Father, our Father who art in heaven is not like any earthly dad. And that's why Jesus taught his disciples to pray. When you pray, he said, pray, Father. Call on God as your Father. You know, the truth is about every single one of us earthly dads, every last one of us have been corrupted by sin. Though we've been redeemed maybe through Christ, we still uh, exist 
in a world of fallenness with, you know, our flesh patterns in the sin of this world. And there were moments in my life when I tried to pull stuff out of my earthly dad that he didn't have. Maybe there were moments that you tried to pull some things out of your earthly dad that he just didn't have, wasn't able to give you. I think all of us has probably had some experience like that at one level or another. I know that's true for my own kids. There were times they tried to pull stuff out of me that I didn't have, or maybe in that moment I was just being too selfish to give them what they needed. Maybe it just wasn't in me. But here's what I've come to believe. I believe that my dad did the best he could with what he had. I believe his dad did the best he could with what he had. And I believe that most, most dads do the best they can with what they have. Now, please, please hear me say yes, yes, yes. I know that there are some wretched, malicious men of abuse, men of abandonment, men of callousness, men of perversion. And to anyone who has had to live under that, please hear me say, that is not Father God. It, it is not. He is altogether a different kind of father. The Bible tells us that he is merciful and he is gracious and he is slow to anger and he is abounding in steadfast love and that he is always faithful. So please hear me say, I get it if you're here today and you're recovering from some horrible horrors that came to you at the hands of your father. And my soul aches for you and the souls of so many in this church ache for you. And please hear me say there is help available. There, there is hope in God. You, you may need to, to come and, 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 and contact our counseling center. You may need to, to seek to go through a, a season of prayer for inner healing. But there's hope and there's help in God. You can find it in Jesus. But I want to say that I think for most of us, for most of us dads, and, and for most of us who are children of fathers, for better or for worse, most dads gave what they had. And what I've learned to do for myself is this. Instead of trying to pull out of my earthly dad things that he can't give, I pull from my heavenly father now. The Bible tells us that every good gift comes down from him anyway. So I try to pull from him into those places where there are holes in my heart, where there are gaps in, in my character. I try to pull from him because he can fill in the gaps. God has said in 2 Corinthians 6, 18, I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Instead of pulling from my biological dad, I pull from my heavenly father. And that's, that's what so many of us need to do. And my kids, they got to do the same thing. Let those gaps be filled by God, our father. The only place we can go to get all the grace we need when we need it. And I also know that any time we get a group of people like this together, that there are probably some dads right now in, in this room, and 